This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and I'm here with uh, one of our interns, Jack McCauley, who we had to entice him from uh, California. We had to get him on a flight back up here to cover uh, Husky practice. But we've also got a special guest, the voice of the Huskies, Mr. Tony Castricone, who uh, is going to step in for a couple minutes, and, and uh, we need a pro to kind of help us run the show here on Monday. This was uh, spring uh, practice day four. Mm-hmm. Beautiful sky. I mean, beautiful weather. It's been, it was beautiful on Saturday, but it was even almost more beautiful today. Um, Tony, just give us your thoughts through day four and, and kind of what you've seen overall. Yeah, Chris, I, I'm excited about this year. I I just first, I'm just grateful that we're out here, happy to be out here, and I know that that gratitude to me is is kind of palpable when you listen to the coaches talk and, and the players. They're just happy to have. A normal spring after missing out on that last year and I know that's been talked about a lot but I think it's worth reiterating that none of this stuff is really taken for granted by these guys and um yeah I'm excited I'm excited about the defense uh I'm excited about Dylan Morris and and his development being pushed by Patrick O'Brien who I think is going to be a legitimate candidate for the starting quarterback job and then Sam Heward who of course has all the talent in the world but um you know is is let's remember he was playing a high school game two, three weeks ago. So like, you know, he's got a long way to go in his development, just picking up. Uh, I think I like the way John Donovan said it earlier today. He's, he's trying to learn a new language and, and becoming bilingual doesn't happen in two or three weeks, you know? So, um, yeah, I, 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 the running back room is loaded. Um, excited about the wide receivers that we have, even though it's not, uh, as deep of a room as it was last year. I think it's, it's very talented. The addition of Giles Jackson is exciting as well. Um, can't wait to get him here and see what he looks like. And, um, offensive line is, is familiar and veteran and everybody's back. So this whole thing, this whole thing, I'm, I'm so excited about this team. I, I love the way the schedule lines up. The Michigan Challenge Week 2 is going to be fun, especially on the road. But then, f- for me, you know, the, the most exciting games all being in the month of November, uh, you, you got the Oregon game there, you got Arizona State coming here, and then, and then of course, the Apple Cup to end it all off. I just, I just think, like, man, I, I just can't wait to get this 2021 season going, and uh, it, it's an exciting time around here for sure. I was going to say too. Um, what do you think about having the fans in the stands on Saturday? Love just it. trying to just trying to get some energy and get some feeling back because it's been so long since you know 2019 Apple Cup yeah. when they got a chance to see the, the last time Washington played. So, um, just kind of curious what your overall thoughts were and and maybe what you think might happen as the spring goes on. Especially, do you anticipate more and more fans coming? Yeah, I do. I, I think the spring game should be one of the liveliest spring games that we've had in quite some time. I'm here and and I think uh, it's awesome that they're opening it up. I think it's a great idea. I I think I hope Husky Nation is is hungry to see this team in person and I, and I think uh, we're seeing that based on the fact that 1200 people came out on a Saturday when they they're not even wearing lower pads or anything like that, right? Like I mean we're we're just still running a lot of drills and everything else and yet people are out there excited to see uh, what's going on. So I love that they're doing it. I think it's a great move by Coach Lake and his staff to to get the press out there to see how things are going and everything else. And it's really just driving, I think, a lot of conversation um, for, for what should be an exciting 2021 season. Again, I expect this team to be good and competitive. And, and gosh, to think that even though it was only a four-game season last year, they were five points away from being undefeated last year. I, I just think um, it was heart, It was a unique, I keep saying this, a unique kind of heartbreak that I've never even considered could be possible in sports. Not to lose your championship on a last-second field goal or touchdown or anything like that, 
but to be invited to the championship and not be able to accept the invitation based on illness on your team. Who even considered that was a thing that could happen? But, you know, it happened to the Huskies, and I know that, that the team's really hungry just to, to try to get that invitation back and then, and then live up to it and, and win it next year. So yeah. I'm pumped about this year. I really am. <laughs> no, it sounds like it. I mean, clearly the energy's coming through. Um, I was just curious, though, today, you know, mm-hmm. we got a chance to talk to, to, to Scott Huff and John Donovan. Mm-hmm. Especially John Donovan, he brings the energy. He brings the the feeling and the attitude that you expect to see from a coach that's trying to get these guys going on offense. When you see him during practice, he cuts a pretty frustrated figure sometimes. Definitely a very animated figure. Mm -hmm. Arms are always up going. He's pointing at places where guys should have been or where the passes should have gone to or what have you. he seems to be really in his element, um, especially running that pro style where they have the, the offenses going back to back. Um, but at the same time, like you said, he, you know, he's trying to teach Sam Hewer Spanish in three days yeah. and <laughs> the, the way he described it. Right. And yet he's the Spanish teacher. And, you know, yeah. he's the one that's having to do this on a clock and mm-hmm. make sure this all happens. Um, what do you think is, is how that's gone in terms of the development and the relationship between Coach Donovan and, and the offense, but maybe the quarterback specifically? Yeah, well, I, I think it looked last year like Dylan Morris did a pretty good job given the fact that there was no spring ball there was just a bizarre fall schedule and everything else of being able to integrate what he was trying to teach into actually X's and O's on the field in live reps against a against a division one defense I I think that Dylan Morris did a, a pretty stand-up job uh, given the circumstances and I think that that John Donovan's done a great job of trying to teach these guys hey look we, we don't necessarily want you too locked in on whatever we say pre-snap we want you to go up to the line of scrimmage and and and, and use your intellect to figure out you know what what's the best thing to do in this situation and and um that requires a whole lot of education on the front end. And so clearly he's a teacher. I I love it when coaches see themselves as teachers because teachers are mentors, right? And you're you're teaching out of love. You want these kids to be able to, to get it. And, and like, here's, here's, here's the world that's possible to you now, now see it and then go get it. Right. And, and I think he's doing a really good job of teaching that to Dylan Morris. He's got a guy in Patrick O'Brien, who's, Got all that starting experience at Colorado State, and is somebody who, um, you know, I, I think uh, is really going to challenge, at least push Dylan, who I, I think is in pole position for the starting job, but he'll really push Dylan throughout spring and fall camp. And then, you know, Sam Heward's just drinking from the fire hose right now. Like, I mean, he's 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 learning. He's he's in Latin 101, and and here we go, right? So. Um, I, I think, yeah, uh, definitely he's somebody who looks at himself as a teacher. And and in a lot of ways, those are my favorite type of coaches. Yeah, no, and, and, and Tony, I super really appreciate your insights as always. Love to have you stick around if you want a little bit. I want to get Jack involved yeah. in the conversation because this was the first practice for Jack, too, in terms of coming in and seeing what was going on. Um, first impressions. I mean, first of all, like super excited to get back. You know, I mean, like Tony said, haven't seen – I haven't seen personally a Husky – football game since the Apple Cup in 2019. So coming back this year, you know, just seeing where guys developed um, and all that. And I think the first thing that stood out to me was the running back room. Um, You can't help but notice that there's legit four guys, five guys that could get 
solid reps this year. And the guy that really stood out for me was JV on Sunday. I mean, just seeing his physicality, his energy, um, his motor, and even how big he looked. Like, he looks bit like a just like a good, solid running back size that has a lot of speed, a lot of physicality. Um, and I think he could really push for some reps this year. Um, you know, I think Kamari Pleasant looked real good today. Um, Sean McGrew got some action in, um, and, and that room is loaded. And, you know, we saw John Donovan when asked about it, you know, he cracked a smile and started laughing just like how, you know, what, like it's, it's crazy how good they are. Um, and another thing I saw today is Chris, me and you were talking about it was, uh, some tight end screens going on. Um, I could see that being a big factor, um, this season, like second and short situations, like second and four, second and three, just dumping the ball out to Kate Otten or, uh, or uh, Devin Culp. They were working on that a lot today. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool to see just because that's something we don't often think about, you know, a tight end catching a screen pass and seeing what he could do with, you know, with it in open space. Yeah, I mean, they've shown that in the past. Yeah. You know, there's there's obviously those things where, you know, every every year they have wrinkles. Every year they try to bring in something new to the table, you know, whether it's with the receivers, whether it's with the tight ends or running backs, what have you. Um you know, that, and that's the other thing we were talking about, Tony, with the offense. You know, John Donovan in his second year, he is just literally just basically on page two or three of the playbook. Mm. You know, we got a, probably a 200-page playbook here. And they've, you know, four games last year, they barely got a chance to even open it. That's right. Yeah. So the, the ability to do a bunch of different stuff, and we know how they've focused the tight ends in recruiting. We notice how they've they tried to get guys like Quentin Moore, um, Caden Jumper, some of these other guys to come in as well. There's no doubt they're going to try to utilize the tight ends in a number of different ways, and we saw that a little bit uh, today yeah for sure um and another thing i think pointing out is uh, dylan morris and like they were doing a lot of deep ball drills out in the main field there and dylan morris had a real pretty deep ball and that's going to be very useful especially with you know i think i forget who pointed it out but this is probably the fastest wide receiving core the huskies have had you know you look at giles jackson um jalen mcmillan roma like all these guys can straight run so I could see John Donovan, you know, cracking open the playbook, really getting downfield and vertical, just like Jimmy Lake wants and has talked about. And with that deep ball Moore show today, it was real impressive. It didn't seem like he missed too many and really got his, like, hit his receivers in stride. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely uh, something to that for sure. I thought he definitely, the deep ball today for Dylan Morris looked a little bit better. Uh, he seemed to be a little bit more on the mark with his, with his receivers in general. One thing before, mm-hmm. Tony, I know you got to go, but um, defensively, I'm kind of curious what you think of the, the, the mix of the coaches now. With the guy from Malloy moving up to outside linebackers, with Rip Rowan coming in, mm-hmm. what your initial indications of what uh, you expect to see from a guy like Rip? Yeah, uh, I I know he's well liked. I know he's a young guy that brings tons of energy, um, and I, I know that the players really are, are drawn to him. And so I'm excited to see how that defensive line develops. I, I'm interested that that we're running some you know three man fronts this year, and and I don't know if you really want to call it a 52 or a 34 or w- whatever you call it. Um, you know, a, a lot of sets with four defensive backs in order to try to maybe get bigger up front, stop the run, and we're seeing. Being, you know, gosh, yeah, packed on the inside, Tuli uh, and Taki and Fatui Tui Tele all together. That's a pretty massive front. And then, of course, uh, with what you got coming off the edges, an incredibly deep outside linebacker room led now by Akaika Malloy. You got an All-American candidate in ZTF off one edge, and, and you got no shortage of players who could be monstrous off the other. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about the defense and really curious to see 
um, you know, what you do at that nickel position, because that is, you know, as Will Harris calls it, that's the quarterback position for the defense. That's a huge part of what they do. They will still run plenty of nickel, and that's going to be the guy who's, who's that hybrid who can go all over the field. That's your, that's your Miles Bryant. That's your Elijah Molden. Who's the next guy? And, and you know, it's interesting to me that Cam Fabiculanin, a guy that's got one career game, under his belt is is kind of running with the ones there and then you've got the Oklahoma transfer who's been sensational extremely athletic he's going to compete for that spot on the field too so I'm stoked about the defense I mean I, I think it was it was good last year maybe took a a slight step back statistically from some of the previous teams for a variety of reasons I mean there's a million variables that were bizarre last year right so but that being said, I mean, this is still the brand of this team. Uh, you've got a guy that's been in this program for a long time now, and Bob Gregory is going to be the defensive coordinator under a defensive head coach and Jimmy Lake. And, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what Akaika and his energy brings to that room. Like, look, one thing that you see out there in the practice field is energy. And, and energy and enthusiasm and passion for what you do and an eagerness to learn and just a, just an awe and an excitement for life, whatever it is you're doing, that's going to help get you through the adversity that is inevitably going to come when you face third and 20 or when you, you got a, a losing streak or even you just had one tough setback and you're trying to win a championship, whatever it is, you got to have passion and energy. And I think from from Jimmy Lake, now to you got uh, a young, energetic guy on the defensive lines. You got Kaika Malloy, who's always one of the most energetic people in the room on the outside. I just think that this is really a defense that is going to be. Gosh, I, I don't want to make predictions. I don't want to make predictions, but I can't wait to see this defense because I think it's got a chance to be up there with one of the great Husky defenses. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's any question about that. And I think it's really interesting because you talk about the defensive line. We see it all the time with the offensive line during spring. We've seen Scott Huff move guys around. That's where we saw Luke Wattenberg getting moved to center. We saw, mm -hmm. you know, this spring we're seeing Matteo Melli move to right tackle. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so you see all those kinds of, of experimentation going on in the spring because this is the time to do it. Well, you don't, we haven't really seen that much of that on the defensive side because the base defense in the nickel has always been so kind of ever present, I guess mm -hmm. is the way to put it. They're really, they really haven't tried to, um, you know, show any variation or anything off of that usually. So now to see a little bit more of an attempt to, to maybe get bigger, I, I think. And again, I think it was either Akaika or Bob Gregory talking about that Stanford game being the tipping point mm. um, in terms of the run defense and how uh, – and Edifu and Ulafoshio said it. He said, day one practice, we come in in the meeting, and Coach Gregory says, priority number one, stop the run. It's always going to be stop the run. And so I think this is – these are we're just seeing some maybe some reactions um, to, to how that's going to go. So I'll be curious to see how long they, they continue to do that or, or how much more um, experimentation we'll see going forward. Well, well, Jimmy Lake wants to run the damn ball. Yeah. But on the other side, you got to stop the damn run, right? And, and so think about the Pac-12 North. Washington State loves to sling it around. But when you look at everybody else, Oregon State – the feature of their offense has been Jamar Jefferson. And, and they've got other good running backs as well, but like they, they've got an ability to really pound the rock. Oregon loves to run downhill out of the pistol at you. 
Stanford, obviously huge offensive line. They've got a bevy of running backs in their history. They want to run the football. Even Cal, when you think about how frustrating that 2019 game was after the big storm and the two-hour and 34-minute delay and, and all the craziness, it was that you had Brown and, 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 and the other guys just running the football. You weren't able to get the stops. That was, that was the really frustrating thing about it. So clearly a defense that has been elite statistically always is putting people in the NFL. The next evolution in this defense is being able to stop the run. And so I think we're starting to just see the tip of the iceberg on what they want to do in order to be able to be more effective at that. You can't put your attention everywhere, right? Because as soon, like, as soon as you put your attention in one place, it takes it away from the other. So that's the great challenge. The secondary and the back half of the defense has been so great. So how do you put an emphasis on stopping the run while maintaining that, that greatness on the back half? That's what I think is going to be the, the big challenge. But if anybody's up to it, it's this staff. And I, I think the Pac-12 North is the perfect challenge for it because you got a lot of programs here that, that really like to run the football. Yep. Nope. There's no doubt about it. And um, Tony, so much good stuff. I mean, hey. I really appreciate you sticking around with us and and uh, giving us that insight. And obviously, we'll be catching up down the road because you'll be around all spring. I'll be around all spring. Hopefully, we will get Jack back out here as well a little no, bit. No, but no. Uh, sounds really, good. really appreciate. It. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks, guys. Go dogs. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much, Tony. Um, just let's wrap it up, Jack. Uh, you know, your final thoughts on on kind of a, your first day uh, catching up, seeing what's going on, and and kind of what you thought was going to be. Uh, um, I don't know. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously super exciting to be back. And, um, you know, kind of like Tony was just saying, stopping the run. You know, he's saying about, you know, Taki, Thule, um, Tuatele, all on the front line. I think another guy that had an exceptional practice today was Ryan Bowman. I mean, clearly there's one play. Um, he got off the edge real strong, and Capacio Cherry slid over to make a block. He just came over and blew him back like five yards. Um, and, I mean, I think that was kind of like the, you know, the play that summarized the day. A lot of energy going on. Um, defensively, like, guys were flying around to the ball. I thought Bookie um, Radley uh, looked – I thought he looked really good. He fit the mold, the description of um, being a real impactful transfer. Um, but overall, you know, I thought it was a great day of practice. Energy was there, and it looked like – it looked like, you know, guys that, you know, were, we were curious to see get, that developed. I thought there was a lot of development there. Yep. No, there's no doubt. It, like, like I said in the practice report, um, you know, we saw a lot of, uh, like on Saturday, we saw some Julius Irvin and Dominique Campton together. Um, today it was more like Asa Turner and Dominique Campton. But Dominique Campton has become kind of an ever-present back there with the number one safeties, which I found um, interesting. But again, it's it, what Tony was saying in terms of that nickel spot and that battle between Cam, Fabi Kalanen, Bookie Radley-Hiles, um, that's going to be really interesting because I think uh, that position, how it may shake out, may come down to just how well Radley-Hiles absorbs the playbook and really makes it his own because physically he totally fits the mold of what they're looking for and and what they've used there before, whether it's a Miles Bryant, whether it's been an Elijah Molden, he fits that mold. Now, Fabi Kalanen, he brings a lot of length to that mm -hmm. position and, and a lot of ranginess, which maybe we haven't seen too much of before. Um, and we know he's smart enough to handle it. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's in there. Um, but that battle will... I guarantee you that thing will rage on into the fall for sure. Um, the other thing I noticed today, too, and as, as good as the long ball was with Dylan Morris and throwing it and whatnot, so many drops out there today. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, it's just too many drops. Um, saw a lot of pops. 
Um, guys looking, you know, I think the, you know, they don't look the ball in. All this popping off the pads. Um, it just, it, it just feels like outside of maybe Terrell Bynum and and Polk to a certain extent a little bit. I'm not sure they have a ton of real natural pass catchers. I think Odunze's and McMillan are are they're good. They're good receivers. And they've shown up when they've needed to in, in clutch moments uh, in games. But I just don't see maybe natural pass catchers there, guys that you can just depend on to make the hard catch every time. Um, in some ways, they may have a little Jermaine curse in them in the sense yeah. that they make the ridiculous catches look routine, and yet they make the routine catches look impossible um, sometimes. And so, you know, I, I – and I don't want to label them that because, again, they're still very young players in this system. But it just doesn't – it feels like the lack of natural pass catchers in this program right now is um, it's not great. And obviously, Giles Jackson coming in, we'll see what he can do in the fall. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what his status is going to be in terms of how quickly he can get into the program. I'm sure he's going to want to obviously come in as soon as possible. So we'll, we'll, we'll look for that as well. Um, even yeah. Polk to, even Polk today though you know ha, you know during there during the wide receiver drills and Polk had a couple drops you know like you said popped out of their chest they're looking to run yeah. and I think it's just the room is full of a lot of playmakers rather than natural pass catchers and I think that's you know I think that's why Terrell Bynum is going to be such a big value this year because he is one of those guys who when the ball's thrown his way he's going to catch it you know unlike McMillan or Odunze they'll make those big plays but they might not come up with those consistency or like those consistent catches so that's something I think that you know we're gonna have to watch this spring and into the next fall you know seeing if that consistency can improve because that's something that's much needed. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And I think that there's a – it's also a situation where, again, we talked about a guy like Jalen Polk. You know, he may make some drops during the seven-on-sevens or individual worst one-on-ones. But when it came time to the, to the final team drill, he made a pretty key catch um, during the sequence where O'Brien uh, took the two 65 yards for a touchdown. JV on Sunday uh, popped it in from a couple yards out. To That was the last play we got a chance to see as the media. So we're not exactly sure if Sam Heward was able to lead a drive or, or Camden Sermon. We, so we didn't get a chance to see the guys behind uh, Morris and O'Brien. But I'll tell you what, it, it, it was a lot like Saturday. I mean, you know, O'Brien was the only one of the top two quarterbacks to really lead the team down the field. I mean, it was him and Camden Sermon were the only ones that got touchdown uh, drives on Saturday, and, and O'Brien was the only one that we saw that was able to, to you know, produce a touchdown drive or engineer a touchdown drive uh, in that final team period. And it was pretty impressive. I mean, he had some nice third-down throws and, and two guys like Mark Redman, uh, Devin Culp, uh, Sawyer Racanelli had a nice catch in the middle of the field. So, um, you know, you're starting to see some guys catch in from time to time, but we also see that the tight ends, how, how, how much of a vocal, focal point they're going to be for the offense. And then, again, it also shows just how stingy the defense has been, too. The defense really bowed up the first uh, the ones, especially on defense, just did not give the ones on offense anything uh, in that final team period. It was basically like a three and out and – that was what she wrote. So, but we'll wrap it up here, um, Jack. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, last thing, I kind of that point of Patrick O'Brien. I thought his footwork looked real good. You know, there's like this one play um, on his on his touchdown scoring drive where he got some pressure and he's able to roll out of the pocket and uh, get a 15 yard gain strike down the field. I forget who it was who it was thrown to. But, I mean, it was, it was impressive for sure, um, just seeing him being able to work out of the pocket and, you know, just kind of shows experience. But, yeah, overall, 
kind of like we talked about, a lot of good energy, and I thought there's a lot of improvement out there. Yeah, I was thinking, is that the, the throw that he made to the sideline? Yeah. Because if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, I think that was to Jalen Polk, if yeah, I remember correctly. Was, yeah, great work out of the pocket. Yeah. Like, you know, it was one of those where, like, all right, you know, he knows what he's doing. Good footwork, good, great footwork there, and just kept his eyes downfield the entire play. Yeah. All right, so we'll wrap it up there. Uh, again, for Jack, uh, Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, a couple real quick uh, housekeeping items. If you guys want uh, daily updates in your email uh, box, we do a digest-type form of all of our stories of the day. And if you want to get that, you can email huskystadium at gmail.com. Again, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. And we'll go ahead and get you signed up for that. It's real easy. It's free, obviously, and, and something that you'll just get in your, uh, in your inbox every single day. And, and also, really, really important, especially this Monday, Today is the very, very last day that we're running our spring football special uh, for through 24-7. You get 50% off a yearly subscription or the first month for a dollar. And again, this is the last day that we're doing it for the rest of spring. So hopefully you've been, been able to take advantage of that. But it's a tremendous, tremendous offer. And we've done already a lot of uh, VIP stuff in terms of the practice report. I know Scott just put up an impact uh, report on Giles Jackson and that that in um, that commitment. Um, we've also obviously done some stuff with the um, – with the players and the coaches in terms of some of their quotes and some of the stuff that they've done in their in their post uh, practice media uh, um, reports and things that they've done with us. So again, we really hope that you take advantage of an offer like that. Fifty percent off a yearly subscription. It's a heck of a deal. Um, really encourage everyone who has never tried uh, Dogman.com before to uh, you know hit us up for at least this month. You can do a month for a dollar. See if you love it. And I know you will, and then you can sign up for the whole deal. And you get uh, uh, at the end of the year, if you sign up full price, you get CBS or you get Paramount Plus for free. So there's there's so many different perks that you get added on to it. It's just a tremendous value, and you also become part of our community. And and I know that uh, that's something that especially on our message boards and things like that, people love. So hopefully you take advantage of that, and uh, and you, and you like what we do. So I'm done rambling on right now. We're, we're, we're getting done with this practice report. It was great to get Jack here uh, to come up and, and give us his insights from, from practice today. Uh, Scott and Kim will hopefully be back with us on Wednesday. And obviously it was really, really good to talk to Tony, Tony Castricone again to get his thoughts. He's always great with his time and his energy and, and talking about the Husky program. So for Chris Fetters, uh, Dogman uh, Radio, go dogs. <laughs> 